Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1887. <laughs> Meredith is with me. Very, Hi. Very yes. Yeah. That's my very cheerful introduction. Yeah. Yes. And happiness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely cheerful. Okay, good. Uh, so today's topic is in-depth. Uh, we're with Meredith, and we're talking about goal setting today. Yeah. Yes. So with New Year's coming up, people make New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Have you made New Year's resolutions before? Yes. Done. Okay. <laughs> Podcast over. <laughs> what, 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 what were they? What did you like make resolutions about? Um... As in, like, the first time I made resolutions? Just in general. Like, do you make weight loss ones, exercise ones, financial ones, life ones, yes. all of the above? That's what, yeah, I figured. <laughs> <laughs> Leading the witness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but when I was in high school, it was, like, always diet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Always. The most, yeah. that, that is, like, the most typical New Year's resolution is, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you know, lose 30 pounds and yeah. whatever. And it was always, like, whatever diet they published in Cosmo. Oh, okay. Right? Yes. Like, a bowl of fruit for breakfast, yogurt, and five pretzels for lunch. Yeah, I'm going to eat four blueberries every day. Yeah. That's it. Because <laughs> yeah. they have antioxidants. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then if you don't do it, you're a failure. Yes. That um. is uh, the... Kind of the extreme of it is yeah. I'm going to go from doing nothing for myself <laughs> to, to immediately everything. prioritizing everything the way that it should be. Surprisingly, that's not going to go well. Yeah. I'm a piece of crap, yeah. and I'm going to go back to doing nothing. Especially when I don't have a car, I don't make money, and I need to like eat certain foods. So it's like your mom who has to go to the store and buy all these things, and well, it like yeah, you know, it kind of leads into the now not setting goals that are technically outside of your control. Yeah. Well, I've talked about that in the podcast before I've shared when I was younger, I drank a gallon of milk a day. Yes. And that was because I... Younger as in 36 and 37. (laughs) Yes. I started that when I was, uh, I think like 17 or 18. Mm -hmm. I did it for like two years. Drank a gallon of milk every day for two years. Never missed a day. It makes me nauseous. But I read a bodybuilder, Lee Priest from Australia, mm-hmm. ate a whole chicken, mm-hmm. a loaf of bread, and drank a gallon of milk. And that's how he said he got big. Yeah. But at that age, I was like, I Sugar. live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So unless I'm killing that chicken myself, I'm not getting the chicken. <laughs> and I thought bread was carbs, and carbs <laughs> make me fat. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like, but I can, I can do the milk. So like you were saying is you wanted to do a diet that mm-hmm. you felt like you had some control over. Right. Yes, which is good recognition. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to when, when know more about this milk thing. It, it worked horribly well. It, <laughs> <laughs> I gained weight, but it was majority fat. Right. Because it was all more sh- like sugar, sugar and anything. Yes. Yeah. So, plus I'd been anorexic for two and a half years before that, which didn't help. So your metabolism was great. Yes. You can was, handle all of the milk calories zero. well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the goal was trying mm-hmm. to gain. I had tried to get bigger muscles and leaner Mm -hmm. for two and a half years got neither Mm -hmm. so then i was like well if i'm going to be fat at least i'm going to be big and fat Mm -hmm. so i just think i'd eat more and be bigger yeah and um it worked i was bigger and fatter (laughs) (laughs) and then i was like this isn't what i wanted either (laughs) i wanted the bigger not the fatter damn it yeah so that was uh that was unfortunate have to wait for the next issue to publish in a few months and then i read Oh, just kidding. We messed up. Yeah, what's Don't the follow- anti-milk diet? Like, <laughs> when you want to unmilk. <laughs> <Gross>. Yes. <laughs> We're going off track. Okay. Yeah, so, so what this, we do. Yes. Um, okay, so those were some, like, so we've set New Year's resolutions before. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you set them now? Yeah. Okay. So, ish. Ish. What, what do you, so explain the ish. Um... It's having the effort pop quiz. Ooh. What number of podcast was it when we talked about goals before? Oh my! Yeah, I don't you know. keep talking. Nine hundred. Oh, don't you? Do, it's probably good. I don't know. I'll find it somewhere. Um, more than likely, you have a lot of new listeners from from oh, long absolutely. back when we did that one. Yes. Um, 
so I don't know. I used to set like all of these goals that it's okay, Jan 1, I'm going to start doing all of this that day. Yes. And like maybe it's just you live life and you realize that's not either the healthiest or attainable. And if you're if you're not setting attainable goals and I call them I call them goals, I don't call them resolutions yeah, anymore. So why it, is that? Um, Do the words have different like, connotations to you? To me, like a resolution is like super finite. Okay. Granted, you can set a resolution to have a goal, and then it's like, oh, you know, work around there. Eighty percent of the time, I'm right. A hundred percent of the time, yeah, <laughs> it's like one of those. Yeah. So I set things that. Again, like we talked about in our last long podcast, like as long as the trend line is going in the right direction, yeah, cool. Yeah. Because life happens. Yes. If 2020 taught us anything. Mm-hmm. So I set things that in general by the end of the year, I'd like to have this and I feel like it's attainable. Well, that's, yeah, that's a good point is one of the notes I have here And then I break is, it down. Uh, the intensity of a goal. Yeah. So when we think about like you and I have set some goals, so give give the listeners maybe two examples of goals that you have set and been successful at in your life. Wow. Yeah. Uh, getting into graduate school. Oh hell yeah, you crushed that. So yeah. give them a, a brief little background about what went through like the process of that. Oof. Um, a lot of research of figuring out where to go. A yeah. lot of um, uh, on YouTube. I'll give a shout out to. Charlie and Angela. Yeah, absolutely. At Career, Career Protocol. Protocol. Yeah. Those videos were extremely helpful in determining what type of program, what program, culture fit, and it was just like really easy watching. Yes. So um, I did a lot of research to figure out is this the right time? Do I want to do it? Why do I want to do it? And it took like a year of soul searching to know where to identify, where to apply, what I need to do, mm-hmm. the meeting with uh, admissions folks at the schools, and here's my resume, here's my experience, what do I need to work on this next year to be more suitable to get in? So it was like a labor of love, and it was not something that happens overnight. And then it's study for the GMAT Yeah. at 37. Yeah, which is pretty which, far removed uh, from those kind of things. Yeah. Um. So it was like getting back into that way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of steps in the process to, to, to work towards applying and then to finally do it. Yeah. Which I now go to uh, the Kellogg School of Management. Yeah. So um, very blessed to be part of that um, group and cohort. So that was one big goal. Yes. Um, another one, um, the wedding dress story. Like, oh, there you go. I mean, if if we're talking about like diet fitness, well, that would be good because you had one like kind of outside of the fitness realm, right? Like a life goal, which was like long, yeah, a long running. Another long running was the bodybuilding competitions. That's true. Yeah, so you've set that goal, and then you went through a crazy ordeal with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, now the wedding dress story for those who don't know, um, we do have. Uh, I was personally victimized by a bridal. Yes. Shop, so we have full details in podcast eight hundred and thirty six. So you can find older podcasts on the website. Go to eight thirty six. Yeah, that was the wedding one. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you can go to our website www.brewlinegym.com. We have a podcast player on the homepage. It only goes back three hundred episodes, but under the player we have instructions on how to find older podcasts. So they can go back and listen to eight thirty six for the full story. But we lost. But it was like size 10 down to size 4, and they yeah. had to take a 4 in. Right. And that was in like 8 months or so, something yeah. like that. Yeah. With everything else. Yeah. So that was a cool, like not a, not really weight loss, because we didn't track your weight. We It was a shape change. It was just a shape change. Yeah. Like, so. wrote, I don't think, I, I didn't get on the scale at all. No, you never you never tracked your weight, and I didn't no. modify anything based on your weight. I modified it based on how, I looked how you were looking. Yeah. 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 So that was a cool, like, you know, eight, nine-month journey. Yeah. Went from size 10 down to size 4, and they had to take yeah. it in. So we'd have, like, a life goal, which was, like, Kellogg. Right. We have fitness goal, which was the wedding dress. Financial goal, buying a house. 
Yeah, there you go. That was cool. Yep, so we bought a uh, house recently. I'm trying to think of another, like, genre one. Like, financially, we always, like, you you sit down and do really pretty awesome ex- Excel sheets. Yeah. Super detailed. Yeah. And then we both work towards that, like, towards yeah. uh, balancing spending and saving and mm-hmm. quality of life. So we both allow for oh. expenses in personal health. My hair. Okay. And my skin. Okay. Like, my hair was damaged. So I had, um, I used to have, like, Marvel comic red hair. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, this is just something where I feel like it's ancillary to other goals. So it was, like, bleached and red, and then yeah. I had to bring it back to life. And my skin wasn't, like, the best. So I worked on skincare for a year and found the best mix mm-hmm. of things. So that was another goal. Well, how long did that take? Like, for those... Like a year. For year. me, like, for a male, they might not understand, okay, she fixed her hair. Like, you went to the salon and it was good. Yeah. Like, what is that? It took a year. Okay, cool. It was a year. Yeah. yeah. And I realize now as I'm telling this story, I probably cut you off. Oh, we can go. Oh, you're fine. You can come back to that. But, um, My brain's on types of goals and goals. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the hair thing was trying to find the right products, Yeah. Uh, doing research, then actually taking the time to let the products work. Yeah. So that took you a year. Yeah. PRP. Yeah, I did. Oh, well, that yeah. was like a separate thing. Separate because thing. yeah. I was so stressed my hair was falling out and I had a significant receding hairline. Yeah, which is a bummer. So then I got PRP into my skull. Yes. <laughs> I wouldn't consider that a, I'm going to make my hair healthier. Uh, like, because okay. that was a very extreme, but had to happen because I was... So it was hair, it, but it wasn't the same thing. Yeah. This yeah. was like, I, I had bleached and dyed my hair red. I had extensions, mm. you know. For a long period of time because my hair wasn't healthy enough to grow it long uh, so i took the extensions out and thanks to 2020 where everyone was home yes i could go through that awkward phase of trying to heal it all yeah so um that would be one of those circumstantial goals that we've talked about yeah like were the circumstances right for that time true yeah 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 so we have a lot of goals that are listed there and the reason why i wanted you to go through that is the next set of things, like questions I want to ask you and topics would be is what factors do you consider mm. when setting a goal in order to be successful? So okay. I wanted to give a variety of the goals that showing that some are super long, some are short, uh, some are fitness related, some are financial related, some are you know other like right. self-care related. So when we want to be successful with a goal, whatever it might be, mm-hmm. so any listener the idea of this is now you can relate to what we're about to say because what we're about to say covers any goal. Yeah. Yeah. Prior to that, unrelatable. Just kidding. Yes. <laughs> so at this point, everything actually matters. <laughs> yeah. So when we think about factors to consider in order to make a goal successful is what level of accomplishment do you consider a success? Reason why is like some people, for example, they'll talk to me and they're like, okay, I want to lose 60 pounds by June. I'm like, well, what if you lose? Well, 50? What month is it? Well, I'll just be like, well, what if you want? To, what if you lose fifty by June? Is that failure? Yeah, true. And they're like, well, no, fifty is pretty significant. I'm like, that's good to know because right. if you get to June and say you lost your job, there was family issues, you had to move, and you only lose fifty pounds, yeah. that's still a badass accomplishment, and it's important that we keep a broader perspective yeah. and not get so dead set on these like definitive numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. So when you set a goal for grad school, mm-hmm. what well, it wasn't necessarily Kellogg or Bust. Kellogg was what we wanted, <laughs> but there were some other schools that would have been pretty good. Yeah, you know, and we definitely like. I got into good ones. Yeah, and then it was really I I wasn't expecting to have these options, and now panic sets in. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yes, and then fixing your hair. There's it's like there's no test to know when your hair is a hundred percent. Right. But it was like, okay, can it just be better than it was? Yeah. So a lot of goals that we set. Success metrics. You have to define what makes this successful. I know this is the debt we like at work. We talk about the definition of done. What does success look like? All that. So then you, you just apply it to everything else you do. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's, so what was the original question? How do I know? Uh, Well, um, what level of accomplishment would you consider a success? So the original question is what factors do you can consider in order to be successful? Oh. And I have factors that we're going to go through. Oh. And uh, the first one I want to touch on was 
what level of accomplishment. So since this is a fitness podcast, yeah. when you did your bodybuilding show, yeah. what, how did you, what was your definition of success going Winning. into it? Winning? Yeah. Okay. Top five. Top five. Now, was that your first show? Yes. I love it because that's exactly what I tell people not to do. <laughs> Whoopsie. But, but that's the difference between the athlete and the coach. Yeah. And I, like, it was a really fun process. Like I had a coach that wasn't you at the time and we got along and we had a lot of fun. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the workouts were really fun. I looked forward to like 5 a.m. Yeah, sessions. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we had that, that made it nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, it is, uh, it's a balance. Like I've competed before in different things and. There's the athlete brain, then there's the coach brain. Yeah. And for me as a coach, I look out for the person's well-being. Mm-hmm. Like, I want them to be successful mm-hmm. in, like, the thing we're doing. But I also want them to be happy. I want mm-hmm. them to not go through emotional stress. That's yeah. unnecessary. So I tend to be very protective towards the people I work with. So when I tell somebody, like, let's do a competition, I want them to win. But at the same time, as I kind of tell them, you do realize just even getting on stage is a win. Let's keep that. Okay, so if I like, if I pause and really think back, I'm trying to. I probably thought just like being able to get on stage was the win, like executing it, Mm -hmm. getting to that point, not backing out, not ringing the bell and quitting. Yeah. So I definitely wanted to do that because we we talked in the other podcast, 1880, that I was supposed to compete in April and lost my job and Mm -hmm. fell backwards and had to do it all over again. Yeah. So like to me, I, I suppose I could have said I was still kind of successful because I was ready to the point where I could do this. And, but Mm -hmm. to me that wasn't like, well, that brings forth a good point too, is there can be multiple options of success. Mm -hmm. I got on stage. That's level one. I was right. top five, that's level two. Right. I won the show, level three. True. So it's good to think of, okay, I don't have to choose one metric as my level of success, but I also don't have to set the bar so low that I don't. I question whether it's even successful. Right. Like, I don't be like, okay, I, am, well, I want 60 pounds, but if I lose five, I win. No. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're like, five isn't meaningful to me, yeah. I don't want to be like nicey-nice and politically correct and try to say, like, I'm okay with this. Yeah. And you're not. Yeah. It, but it's good to know that there's range to success. And a lot of that range of success depends on where you are in life. Oh, absolutely. So when I was when I was struggling with depression, brushing my teeth every day, win. Mm-hmm. I won the day. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Like, just get up and do a thing. Yeah. And Very true. that it was a win. On the flip side... You know, the the polar opposite of that is getting on stage and winning a fitness, like yeah. a figure competition. That's pretty awesome, yes. So it does depend on the stage where you are. What, you know, I, at the time, I knew my life was relatively stable. And even saying that is kind of like a joke because it was so rough. <laughs> yeah. But I knew I could be relatively consistent to make the goal. Good. Like I was single. Yeah. And the gym was 10 minutes from work. And mm-hmm. I live 10 minutes from the gym and work. So it was the life layout made it possible. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's actually one of the next factors we can kind of move into is uh, I'm going to go through three of them and then we're going to talk right back through them. So I have five more things that we would consider. So six total. And I'll review all this at the end. But the next one is, what's the timeline? Then how intense will the effort need to be in order for me to reach that level of success by that time? Mm. Which then leads into the next one, which is, what's the trade-off? So when we think about success, like we have an idea of success. Yeah. So I want to win a bodybuilding show. I want to lose 60 pounds. I want to add 100 pounds to my squat. I want to, you know, decrease my mile time by 20 seconds. Mm. Whatever it might be, you have a timeline. I mean, you have a level of success. Now we have to define a timeline. Right. When would I want to do that? Is there a vacation coming up? Is there a competition date? Mm. Is there really no end date? I'm just arbitrarily setting it. Mm. I think understanding the timeline and our level of success are important because then we can define how intense the effort needs to be. So can you think of a time where you had a high level of success in a very short time frame? Oh, uh, no. 
Okay, so I'll give one for this one. Is I've done three diets where I tried to lose 50 pounds in 10 weeks or less. Oh, yes. So I've done it successfully, and I did one time, and I lost 50 pounds in eight weeks. So those are <laughs> high insane. level of success in a short amount of time. Yeah, that is Now, wild. with those two in mind, I think of what is the intensity of the effort that's needed, and it was all-consuming. So at that time, I was going to grad school. I was teaching at school, mm. and I had two part-time jobs, but that still felt to me not much. So I then added those goals. We're the same. Yes. So <laughs> my mind was, okay, teaching doesn't influence, excuse me, <clears throat> teaching doesn't influence what I eat. Like it doesn't, it won't ruin what I have to eat to reach the goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to classes won't ruin that. The part-time jobs, the one job I could eat at in the, in the boss didn't mind. The other job was me. I was the boss. I was training people. <laughs> so I could eat on the way to a client session. I could eat out of a client session. So I had a lot of control over what I ate. And I had a lot of control over activity level because I knew to lose 50 pounds in that short of time, it can't be only nutrition, it has to be activity. Yeah. So I would get up at 5.30 in the morning, do cardio. I would then teach an 8 a.m. class. I would do a workout. Then I taught in like 11 a.m. class. And then I had classes in the afternoon and work in the evening. But it was all able to be able to fit it in. Yeah. So that is something to think of is, is what's the intensity that I need in order to reach that goal? Because then I have to think of what are the trade-offs. If it's high intensity, everything else in life has to has go to pause. Yes. Yeah. So all of those things are important. The balance is what is the level of success I want? Mm-hmm. Do I have a definitive timeline? So say for example, you want to do a bodybuilding show. Mm-hmm. That's a definitive date. Yeah. I don't get to pick that. Now I can pick a different show, but let's say that this is the one that's close to me. I want my family to be able to come. It fits between like work schedule, like work traveling. It fits between other things. Mm-hmm. So it's really the date that would work best. Right. So the goal is take the body I have now to what would be good on stage. Mm-hmm. Huge transition, huge goal. Mm-hmm. So huge level of success. The timeline is definitive. Then it's like, okay, what do I need to do to make that timeline? And then what do I have to trade off? Mm-hmm. Can you think of examples where you've had to make trade offs? All the time. Yes. Uh, so going to grad school, what trade-off did you have to make? Fun, missing fun. There you go. Like applying for it. Like yeah. grad school is fun, but yeah, it was... Fun, but all right, fun. have fun with your bonfire, you know, and enjoy, you know, the movie. Like I can't, can't go because of X, Y, Z. Like I missed like a work event because I had the GMAT the next day. Like it was, it was a lot of, a lot of trade-offs. Yeah. Didn't see family too much. Yeah. Um, and it was, there were times where it was like, I remember one time I got pretty emotional because I'm like, I'm just missing so much and I hope this is worth it because it's yeah. kind of outside of your control. True. And that's where it, we talked about like, what can you really control or not? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but that was, that was a trade off. I mean, doing the bodybuilding show. Yeah. What trade offs did you make there? Food. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want this sitting, food I can't eat. Sitting I at eat. sitting at work and listening to people say they're hungry and being like so enraged and try to keep your cool. You don't know what hungry you is. You don't know what hungry is. I would eat this desk. Yeah. Yeah. I would eat you. Like it, <laughs> yeah. um so it yeah, the the trade-offs were like events mm-hmm. and going out and eating with people like all of my ice water and tea, thanks. Yeah. And um but you can still go do those things. You just learn that, oh, events don't have to revolve around food. And yeah, true. so then you start your mind shit. Mind shit? Mind shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's 2020. Yeah. Your mindset changes. Yeah. A lot. Um, well, I had a client do a bodybuilding, wanted to do a bodybuilding show, and he told his uh, fiance at the time that they used to go to the movies. Did they break up? No, okay. uh, thankfully. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd feel like crap that I was part of that. But um, but they they used to go to the uh, movies. They had like a cinema pass. No. And then he said like, you know, I'm getting ready for the show. I can't go to the movies anymore. Oh. And and like for the fiance, that was quite big because that was their date. Thing, that was their you know? thing. And I told him, I said, dude, why aren't you Just going go. to the movies? And he's like, well, you Your know, ice chips. The movie's two hours. If I eat before we go, uh, it's two hours too long of a gap before by the time I get back. <sighs> and I look at him, I go. Who told you these time frames? What are you talking about? Yeah. I was like, I never gave you time windows like that. Yeah. 
So we talked about just putting more fat content in the meal before the movie. Right. So it takes longer to digest, and then he could go to the movie and still eat when he comes <laughs> home. We would just bring the fat content down yeah. from the meal when he got home. Or be like me and put shredded chicken in a Ziploc baggie, and Absolutely. you're good to go. Yes. Yeah. But there are ways. Like, that's exactly it. You modify the meals, or you take food with you to places. Yeah. I've taken food into restaurants yes. before. Just Guilty. Just because I wanted to be with friends, but I didn't want to eat their food. Guilty. Yes. I got kicked out of a restaurant once. You got kicked out. Yeah, and my I friend, my friend cussed him off. It was, it was amazing. It was really fun to watch. Nice. I felt kind of bad, but like, ma'am, you can't have that in here. And I was, I was, I almost wanted to be like, do you have to get on stage in four weeks? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know. And That's it surprising. Was just, I've never. Had and that. I said, I will buy food and yeah. just give it to someone else so mm-hmm. I can have my seat. And they still wouldn't let me do it. Oh, that's crazy, pants. And I thought, what? Yeah. Like, I'm, you were literally straight profit. Here's money. Don't cook the food. Yes. That's it didn't matter. wild. Yeah, it was weird. Okay. But that's an example where, like, where the trade-off, sometimes we would, sometimes people are unaware that they have to make a trade-off, and then it surprises the crap out of them, and they're screwed. <laughs> right. Other, other times, people think they have to trade off things they don't have to trade off. Mm-hmm. And, and that's challenging in both ways. Like, yeah. you think, oh, it's smooth sailing, and then you hit this thing, and you're like, oh, crap. I have to give this up for a time period. Mm-hmm. Am I ready for that? But you didn't decide beforehand. So now all of a sudden you're facing that decision in the middle. Yeah. And then other words, like other times, you feel like you have to give up so much mm-hmm. that it makes you question a goal or fail to goal mm-hmm. when maybe if you talk to somebody who's been through it, they would tell you, hey, you don't have to actually give that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So educating along the way is super important, uh, which leads to the last two things is what could be the potential obstacles and what will be my learning resources. So when I set goals, especially in business, I often think to myself is, hey, I think this would be a good idea. Who do I know that would know about this? Oh, yeah. And then I just ask them. Resourceful. Yeah, like, hey, you do this. Like, how do you make that work? (laughs) You know, or you do something similar to this. So when I set goals, part of me deciding all the steps that we've talked about so far is also... Who do I know mm. that I can learn from? Mm-hmm. Whether that's a YouTube video, whether it's an audio book, uh, or an actual book that people read. <laughs> I do a lot of audios. Um, or an actual person. Right. So I have a awesome network of people. I've worked with over 3,000 people. So Yeah, you I do know a, a lot of people. crazy amount of people that do a little bit of everything. Yes. So very fortunate that there's somebody I know that knows it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I usually think to myself, before I would commit to a goal, and like set parameters to research a little bit and talk to people. Yeah. Yes. So your like application to grad school almost was research at first, career protocol. Straight, straight research. That. Yeah. Now, when you think about the research aspect, quote unquote, for the bodybuilding show, I'm assuming the research was finding a good trainer and then just trusting the trainer. Yes. Mm-hmm. It was uh, word of mouth. There you go. So to find. Um... You know, someone that looked fit. Yes. And who do you go to? What do you do? Mm-hmm. And then, oh, you've competed? How do I do that? Who do I contact? And I just, mm. I trusted that. I didn't yeah. even, I didn't do a whole lot of, I mean, I did some due diligence. I looked at their just clients. Just compared to grad school. Right. Yeah. You know, I was also 20, uh, no, 30. Yeah. So, you know. How much yeah. time am I going to... I want to do it. I'm not going to spend too, too long. It's also something to point out. Like, I, I coach people for um, uh, powerlifting and aesthetic competitions. Like, I coached somebody 16 years old for a bodybuilding show. Yeah. I've coached uh, teenagers in early 20s for powerlifting. And this is... like I certainly don't mean anything offensive in what I'm about to say because I've been all of those ages. <laughs> but how much could they know at 16, 17, 18 versus somebody who's 40 years old and has done this for 20 years? Right. So it's shiny versus grizzled. There you go. So the younger you are, (laughs) the more important it is to lean into people who know that stuff. Right. Because you could have watched so many videos and read so many books, but if you only have three years experience, but you have access to somebody who has 30 years, there's got to be something you can learn from them. Right. So it's definitely worth reaching out and talking to people. So what I was when I was younger was the younger I was, the more I felt like I could do it. Like, almost like, I don't need anybody else, I'm fine. And I laugh, because now that I'm 40 and older, I realize I actually did know a lot at that time. But I didn't know. But I could have benefited from talking to somebody. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, like it's not like at 40 now I'm like, screw everyone. I don't need to talk to anybody now that I'm old. <laughs> but now the more people I talk to, the more I would know more than them. Right. So your your pool of people to talk to as you get more advanced, it's smaller and smaller and smaller. Yeah. But when you're younger, man, ask some questions, talk to some people. Mm-hmm. That can feel overwhelming because you get a million pieces of advice. Yeah. So you do eventually have to pick one pathway and go with it. Yeah. You know, but talking to other people is helpful. Absolutely. Yes. So <clears throat> that's a big thing. And then what are potential obstacles? Thinking through ahead of time, what am I going to run into is important because that helps kind of prepare yourself. Yeah. So um, <laughs> have you had a goal where you set and maybe you failed or you haven't completed it yet or it took multiple approaches, multiple attempts? Um, I mean, it, I hate to just keep using the same bodybuilding rung because well, that's a great one. I had to stop. Like everything took a pause and worked and started over again. Yes. So when we think about that, what forced the um, pause? Was it financial? It was everything. Stress? I mean, you lose your job, don't have income, don't have any savings because I just left education, mm-hmm. couldn't make any money. And like, I just, I literally had nothing. Yeah. What am I, like, I'm not going to live in a freaking gym. Like, no. that is completely freaking irresponsible. Can't sleep in the closet. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So um, when I t- asked that question. I'm trying to think of like another example. Um, yeah. Back when I was, you know, doing CrossFit and they were trying to get a, a team together to train to go to regionals for a team, like go to the games as a team. Yeah. Let's train as a, as a group and um, see if we can get to regionals. Yeah. And then you're in the gym and trying to lift heavy. And that would be one where it was a failure because I was trying to do cleans and I couldn't drop under the bar. I just oh. couldn't drop. And I'm thinking, what the hell is happening? Oh, no, that's right. This is the different one. So not only was my body caved inward and screwed up to where I would catch my cleans with one knee on the ground, (laughs) um, but something was really off. Like I all of a sudden just couldn't. I had no reaction. Olympic lifting, you gotta have some speed. You gotta have some speed, and I had zero speed. Mm -hmm. Sloth level. and that's when I had my students like use the reflex hammer to check my reflexes and I didn't have a reaction in my mm-hmm. legs. There was no patellar tendon reflex. So um, that was alarming. Yeah. And so I went to the doctor and said, I think I have an endocrine problem. And they're like, okay. Yeah. And I said, no, really? Can you check for my, check my hormones? Mm-hmm. Um and thankfully, at the time, the doctor like knew me to know I was a well-researched patient and knows myself. Yeah. And sure enough, my um, parathyroid hormones were sky high, which mm. caused low to no reflexes and depression. Um, and then I had uh, got an MRI and I had a tumor, parathyroid tumor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had a surgery. So like incision in my throat yeah, um, to have that removed and stopped training and never Reasonable. got to know whether, how good could I get? Yeah. Yeah. So talking about that, this could be fun little just side topic if you don't mind. Listeners will have run into that. Somebody out there will have said, I had mm-hmm. a goal in mind. Mm-hmm. Stuff came up outside of my control and now that goal isn't even possible anymore. Yeah. How do you manage that? How do you manage the mental aspect of that? Um, it was, I mean, you kind of have to feel the feels a little bit for a while to realize, you know, it's sad to watch other people doing it um, and you can't um, kind of work through it and then try to just have a mindset shift and say, okay, I can't do this thing what can I do that's a tangent or what could I do that would bring me joy? Yeah. Um, what, what does that look like? Yeah. So, um, that's, 
that's kind of just, that was probably one of the first-ish times where it's like, okay, this isn't going to end up the way I thought, so I have to find something else and figure okay. out what that looks like. So just a shift. I mean, to, a hard to a this hard day, shift. I'm like, oh, man, that would have been really cool. I wonder what could have been. Yeah. It's like, I don't know that that goes away depending on the type of person you are. Fair. Yep. Um, but I also look back and knew I pivoted and did some pretty cool stuff in the same realm. Like it's yeah. now, you know, the CrossFit yeah. HQ series. That's true. Yeah. Kind of. That's very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think that's an interesting point is the longer somebody stays focused on what they lost, oh, you stay lost. You, you get, yeah, I did not want to <clears throat> open Pandora's box a little <laughs> bit, but it's like seeing, growing up with some of the life circumstances that I've gone through, I feel that I could easily be a bitter person if I let myself be bitter. Yeah. But I don't want to live like that. Mm-hmm. And... Learning early on not to be bitter about a life circumstance, you then tend to look at things that maybe fail or don't work out the way you want, and you f- you flip the switch a little faster. Yeah. Or it's like, I don't want to be this person, so every scenario I enter or go through... I have I get I get to practice that mindset shift. There you go. Yeah, true. And that's kind of big. So it's kind of like the if if no one's really experienced adversity or they're going through that experience for the first time, that could be a really really hard shift, but mm-hmm. you have to say what do I want to be remembered for? We're getting like super deep here. This is but like great. I actually know two clients who are struggling with this concept right now. Oh. So this is good. Okay. So then it's like what do I want to be remembered for? What do I want to what do I, who do I want to be? Who do I want? Yeah. If if someone's giving a eulo- my eulogy, what do I want them to say? There you go. I don't want them to be like she was bitter AF. She and, one time did, wasn't able to go to the CrossFit Games as a yeah. Team. She failed <laughs> once. Yeah. At something, mm-hmm. you know. Um. So it it's it's tough, but it's like like when I lost my job opportunity in March of 2020, oh, they pulled it yeah. out from under me the day before I was supposed to start. Yeah, I rem- we you and I mm-hmm. besides calling you freaking out and sobbing yeah. that this happened and you like I think probably ran all the red lights coming home. Yeah, it was unsafe. It was not the best. <laughs> At least you had your seatbelt on. Um, yeah. I gave myself two days and then I just got it into gear because yeah. I had to do that in my life growing up. Yeah, you had a very fast turnaround because you've had an unfortunate. I've had to of practice at it. Yeah, yeah, I've had to, but. Moral of the story is it takes practice. Mm-hmm. And if you can't flip the switch fast enough, you're not a failure. Yeah. Don't you beat just, yourself up for you it. You just have to realize, do I want to be this person or not? Yeah. I remember um, a friend of mine at the time, we were close for a long time. Um, and then it became a... Uh, Maybe a little bit of irony, but like they were just always complaining about their life circumstances and it got to be a bit of a Debbie Downer. And I was like, I just don't like being around this. Um, And then they never ask how you are. And it's Mm -hmm. just wine, wine, wine. And it's like, okay, you know, just been through too much to like listen to it. And especially if it's not just a season, like there's not just a a bad month or two for them. So it's been like three years of that. You're like, okay, we got to move on. Right. So I remember posting on the gram. Instagram oh, yeah. that like just some kind of inspirational thing. Oh, that aggravated people. <laughs> right, right after I, I lost my job, I was doing you know paying off the debt at what, thousand in savings. Like yeah. I everything was going to debt. Like I just was living what I thought would be a good thing. You know, I was yeah. following a plan, doing a thing, um, and then I'm like, well, it's a national hiring freeze. I can't get unemployment because they tell me I quit, which I didn't. Like, it was just a whole mess. Yeah. And I had to have a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. And because of that, I posted something that was motivating to me. Mm -hmm. And they just outright got offended by something. I'm like, hey, this is not, this might not be for you. This isn't coming at you. And don't assume that I have it easy peasy right now. 
and you're struggling and this is hard for you it's hard for me too i'm just deciding to have a different outlook yes we never talked again no i mean and that's unfortunate but that's not your fault no and i i probably sound pretty callous i'm not a callous person no that's it's not callous i think people are going to understand is if, if like you were able to have a success in your life in regards to change of mindset and moving forward, right? a friend should say, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Not, how dare I don't you? like how your success is making me feel yeah. towards myself, so therefore I'm going to express hate towards you. Yeah. Or like dislike towards you. Yeah. Like, no, if a friend has success, you celebrate your friend's success, independent mm. of whether you've had success or not. Yeah. You can be happy for other people even when you're not happy. Yeah. They did, but th- that's the thing too. Is like you kind of like lose acquaintances. It became more of an acquaintance kind of a thing because I was yeah. a little like, okay, we, like we haven't had a conversation in a while because it was always just this like downer, downer yeah. conversations. And so out of the blue, they're just like coming at me. Yeah, I was like, you know nothing about what's happening in my no. life right now. And you have to be careful with energy. Like, so I'm not a big mm. fan of having people. Uh, negative around me. Energy vampires. Yes. It's awful. It's a real yeah. thing. Like I support people all day and I love that part of my job. But at the same time is I think everyone would be universal in the sense that we want to support people who are either progressing or it's so new that they're not ready for the progress. Yeah. You understand that? Yeah. But at the same time is once time has passed, if they're complaining about the same thing but they're not doing anything mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. How much longer do you want to hear that complaint? Yeah. You know, you don't want to be around that too often, no. too much, because then you start looking at negatives in your life or you yeah. start feeling worn out and exhausted. Yeah. So th- like, I'm a very energy transfer person. Me too. Yeah. Is being an empath. Yeah. So even in that moment, so you can uncover a couple goals. Yeah. So I, it felt like there's nothing, like, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden the goal was I'm going to practice this mindset shift i'm going to protect my energy and just continue to surround myself with people that are energy givers not energy vampires yes yes, yes. so even in those moments you can find things that yeah. can be a goal i think it's a good point too, it's like when you're low in energy mm. find people who have energy and spend more time with them yeah. so that can help bring you out like if I want to be a bodybuilder, go find bodybuilder friends. If I want to be in CrossFit, go find CrossFit friends. Yeah. You know, find people who are where you want to be. Yes. And that Huge. will help bring you up. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's a, I like that that we kind of dovetailed off into that because I think it's a very good topic for people is when you try something and it doesn't work, whether it's in your control or outside of your control and you can't get it again, mm-hmm. the best thing to do is to try to find something next. Mm-hmm. So... If you focus on what you lost, you stay lost. So you have to find out what you can still do. Right. So I've tried a lot of things in business where I was like, oh, this is a great idea. I try it and it flops. And then in my mind, I'm like, oh, well. And then I just try the next idea. And I don't worry too, too much about something, whether something flopped or not. I don't take it as like a personal failure. I just say, okay, that wasn't the method in which the information was transferred the best. Right. So what is another method I have? What's another option I have? Right. You know. And the more you can pivot and think, what I was can just I do? about to say, like we're pivoters. Yeah. We we pivot. We we. But you have to practice that. Yes. Yes. It's definitely a life, a, a process through life. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah. And so, like, if I also ref- reflective, I look back. I so I do set goals every year, and for a long time, I was like checking in quarterly and resetting for the next quarter and. It was a it was a big process. And yeah. this past year, I set none. I had one. It was get into school and start and be done. Yeah. And that's it. That was my one goal. Because it was a pretty consuming goal. It was all consuming and a lot of trade-offs. Mm-hmm. So because there were so many trade-offs, I couldn't set any other goals. Yeah, there was nothing else to trade for another There goal. was nothing else. Yeah. That was just the yeah. one thing I had. So you've got people put, trade like baseball cards. You know, if I have <laughs> 10 baseball cards and I want like a Michael Jordan rookie card... I'm going to need 500 more cards get, to... Yeah, I'm going to get everything <laughs> I got. So it's like if I have a... The bigger the goal, the more I have to trade off. Yeah. They're more, therefore, I have less other things to trade. Mm-hmm. Therefore, I can't have other goals. So my normal notebook where I would like log everything for 2023 is blank because I had one goal. I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to write it down and check in. I know exactly where I am at all times with this goal. Yeah. And that's true. Like sometimes you need check-ins if you have multiple goals to organize your efforts. Sometimes even if you have one goal, it's good to check in. If... Mm-hmm. If it's something that I don't do this naturally, 
let me do check-ins to see where I'm at. So for example, I can't, I won't even go into it, but how many times people tell me they eat healthy, but yet when you actually track what they do, mm. it is not as consistent. I didn't know itself. a pound of Swedish fish was healthy. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. But that's the case is often we assume we're doing something, but we're not. But sometimes, like in your case, you're like, this is my sole focus. I know exactly what I'm doing every day. I wake up every day. I have a plan of what to do every day. I did the thing. Ah. So you're tracking, mini tracking as you go. Like and you daily plan. Actually, I kind of lied a little bit. Okay. Because I set the, uh, I set up that tracker. Oh, like the yeah, really massive calendar. One. And it mm-hmm. was like, I'm going to work out 20 minutes a day of some kind for, was it 24 weeks? It, it was, was uh, something really... It was like from February 70 to times September. Two. Yeah. 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 34. It was, it was 14 huge. sections of 14 days. Yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. So 14 uh, times 14, whatever that matters. Yeah. And so that that was this, that was an ancillary goal mm-hmm. um, while trying to get into school. Yeah. So you've done... So that was a small goal in the sense of what's the trade-off to just move for 20 minutes a day. Yeah. Versus I want to be in the gym one hour, five days a week. That's a huge trade-off comparison. Yeah. And that's true. So like there was very little margin for other goals yes. for me because I am all in if I'm doing something. Mm-hmm. So to do 20 minutes a day forced myself to stop working and take a break, to stop yeah. studying and take a break, to do something and just do this thing for 20 minutes and there were days it felt like I am going against the wind and it was very uncomfortable and I didn't want to do it or I was doing it at 11 o'clock at night Yeah, uh-huh. but I did it I'm gonna get more coffee sure so these are all things to consider is whenever we're talking about in general the podcast topic is goal setting and we touched on it with the viewpoint of New Year's resolutions so if you're the type that wants to set a New Year's resolution or you're considering it, the factors to consider if you want to be successful. We have six of them, so I'm going to read through them. And then what I would suggest you do is just take question by question and think through how the answers might apply to your situation. So the first question is what level of accomplishment would you consider a success? And recognize that you don't have to have a definitive goal. It can be a range, there could be a bottom success, a top success, but it's good to have that defined. Then what's the timeline? So I have what I would consider success. I have when I want to be successful at it. And then how intense will the effort need to be for me to reach that goal? It's important to consider that because it then leads into the fourth question is what's the trade-offs? The more intense, the more trade-offs. Do I have space to make these trade-offs in my life? Do I have uh, just the, the amount to trade? You know, for example, you would say, if I have a number one priority of being really good at my job, I want family relationships, I want to do this other thing, maybe financial uh, savings, those aren't things you want to trade. So you might not have a lot of trade-off because you have other goals that are as important. The fifth question is what could be potential obstacles? And the sixth question is what will be my learning resources? Mm -hmm. So people can use the podcast, they can use us or me, mm-hmm. <laughs> email me at brutalinergym at gmail.com. Tell me what you want to do and I'll help you with it. So we're offering, for example, free 15-minute consultations now. So if somebody's interested in working together, we set up a Zoom, talk for 15 minutes. I'd like to get to know you, what your goals are. Then we can talk about what your challenges and struggles have been. And then I can give you some ideas on how we would work through those to still be successful. So I can actually help you set up the goals if you'd like. And again, you can contact me via email, brutalinergym at gmail.com. Yeah. And me. Yes. Be found there too. Absolutely, yeah. So if you want to talk to Meredith, just put her name in the header or somewhere in the email, and I'll share it with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, so that's pretty much what we wanted to cover. Do you have any parting words of advice if anybody's setting a New Year's resolution? Um, be honest with yourself. Okay. Take stock of where you are, and really take stock of what could be. Uh, attainable and set some ancillary goals of if what does success look like if I don't do this I can do this other thing and still be happy but don't try just be just be honest don't set yourself up to fail because then you're going to lose momentum and that makes it really really challenging set a tracker 
There you go. Track track what you're doing in a journal, uh, in a graph paper, like make a chart and track it. Whatever helps keep you moving forward every day. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the second piece of advice. Set something that's realistic, but maybe a stretch that'll grow you and your mindset mm-hmm. and track the progress. Um, if it feels like it fails or it stops, just realize that it's more about the consistency. Just pick back up and keep going. There you go. More yeah. than likely, it's like when you're dieting and all of a sudden you have like a, a hamburger and fries and you just get right back onto what you're doing. That's not going to derail and in yeah. all of your work. Success doesn't require perfection. It requires progress. Progress, not perfection. There you go. Yes. Parting words of wisdom. Yeah. From a perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two recovering Progressionist. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and then the last thing I'll give is uh, another podcast to listen to. is podcast 1,375 is a Q&A podcast titled Learning to Parent Yourself. So um, a parent can be defined in a lot of ways, but one way to define a parent is they, they help with tough love, meaning they're tough to get you to improve yourself in certain areas, but they love you enough to support you through that improvement. So, uh, Meredith's laughing for various reasons. But the podcast, uh, Learning to Parent Yourself, is a good podcast because that's the process that will require for you to reach a goal. So, the goal is likely we're going to require behaviors and actions different than what you currently do. There will be challenges. There will be friction. There will be obstacles in the way. How do you manage that? And part of that is learned through podcast 1,375. How do you get yourself to do the things you should do, not necessarily the things you want to do? That kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay, so you can find that podcast again on our website, www.brutalirongym.com. Cool. So I think that's everything. So um, if you like the podcast, share the podcast. If you like the podcast, please consider donating to support the podcast, which you can do on our website. If you like the information we share in the podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. You can find us and follow us on Instagram and YouTube under the name Brutal Iron Gym. Thank you, Meredith, for joining us. Thank you. Yes. And then, as always, I hope this was helpful, and thank you for listening.